Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast, episode 29, with my dear friend Peter Musser, who is an information and library sciences graduate student at UBC Vancouver. Yay! Yay! Hi, you know you know what else you are? Hmm. You are also a sex geek and inv- mm-hmm. sex geek involved greatly with sex mm-hmm. geekdom. True. You are former Navy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are uh, brother, son, mm, friend, pan poly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. all sorts of magical things. It's true. The list of my adjectives cannot be abbreviated very easily. That's not true. I'm sure it could be abbreviated very easily. Like Pan and Polly, those are abbreviations, right? Right, right. right. Do you identify as Pan and Polly? Uh, or am I, I identifying you that way? It's it's weird. So for the whole Polly thing, it's a little tricky because like up in Vancouver, it's, while ethical non-monogamy is trendy, Polly is a little bit less trendy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, but I figure the, yeah, I mean, for simplicity's sake, I am not one to let language get in the way of meaning and communication. So yeah, I'm Pan, I'm Polly, I'm Bi, as you know, will come out in a video or perhaps given that we're in the future has already come out. I don't know the timing for that, but uh, yeah. Mm, coming out. You're also a cunning linguist, a punnilingist. It's true. I, I have a problem, um, which is actually why I'm super excited because, you know, a podcast is perfect for puns, uh, except like there's no visual slapstick comment. I mean, I, I could slap the microphone stick, but I don't think our, <laughs> our delightful audio engineer person would appreciate that. So I will uh, keep my hands in my pockets. I'm lying. This is a <laughs> podcast and I'm not using my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have fun. Let's do this. All right, let's do this. Okay, so the plan okay. is that we're going to talk about... The benefits of sex mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, anything else that comes up from that, you just go with it. We'll go with it. For sure. For because sure. I, th- so the reason why I want you to be here mm-hmm. to do this conversation with me is because you and I have a long rapport, mm-hmm. but you have also only ever known me as Dr. Doe. That's true. So our relationship is really based in who I am as Sexplanations, Lindsay, and then expanded beyond that mm-hmm. versus people who have known me as non-sexplanations, Lindsay, and have come into my life in other ways. That's true. That's true. And you are probably one of the first people for whom my relationship online, because uh, like, you know, we, we when we met, we met first at uh, the meetup, the sexplanations meetup in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very much one of those instances where like, oh, you meet somebody from the internet and you're like starstruck and you're like, this person is amazing. Aww. And like, and then you became a human over time as like you kept having me. I became me. a human? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, not that you haven't always been a human, but I just haven't had the evidence to back it up uh, up until we started to get to know each other. So yeah. 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 We hung out. I drew pictures. I drew mm-hmm. you a picture of a penis with a monocle. That's right. You did. Or a monocle penis? Uh, no, it, was, it wasn't It was a monocle. It was a spyglass. Oh, a penis with a spyglass. Yeah, because I was like, you should draw this for me so I can give it to my friend. And then I kept it because my friend doesn't deserve it. No, I'm just kidding. My <laughs> friend definitely deserves it. She is a treasure. And that is my treasure. She can have something else. I'll draw you another one. Oh, thank you. Right. So we met in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. I was there on vacation and then decided to do a meetup. Mm-hmm. And we met up on the beach because why not? Right. Oh, I mean, Hawaii, where else are you going to meet up? 
Great. It was excellent. And you took your phone out and did some video Mm -hmm. and then made a little video of it later Mm -hmm. that was kind of directed toward Nick, I think. Yeah, yeah. What we did was we, uh, what was it? Oh, because Nick at the time, he had his personal channel that he was doing stuff on. Uh, Right. So if you don't know, Nick Jenkins, who did the first episode of the Sexplanations podcast, Mm -hmm was the videographer, editor, and director of Sexplanations, the original kind of team member with me. And we were so collaborative and had such a strong relationship that when I went and did this meetup, there was this sense of missing part of Sexplanations. And so we did a little video as a a meetup group to talk to Nick and tell him how much we missed him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you sent that to me and Mm -hmm. you said, look at what I made. Like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. He's cool. Yeah, yeah. We ended up asking, because I think we did round robin and came up with a bunch of questions that we would have asked him had he been there. Uh, And then I posted that video on my personal vlog channel, which shall remain unnamed for it is old and somewhat embarrassing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, those were good times. Yeah, and, and then Nick responded. Yeah, he did. It was great. It was like... I kept it, was, it going. It was the Wild West of uh, YouTube back when people actually replied to videos with other videos. Ooh. I'm making finger guns right now because Wild West. Yeah, it was good. I really liked it. I really appreciated that. And then our friendship grew because... Here's some advice. (laughs) Always have friends who live further west than you do because that way if you – or and east because if you're up at odd hours, Mm -hmm. then you can call them. Mm -hmm. And so I was at that time trying to turn around two episodes of Sexplanations, the YouTube channel, each week. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of really late hours. And so you would be five hours behind me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I could call you at – two in the morning my time and yeah. you would be on your way to bed but not there yet it was and yeah it would be like nine o'clock yeah, yeah. Could, hey peter yeah. let's talk oh man y'all so you want some dish on uh you want me to dish on Lindsay some dirt okay yeah, so let me do it let me tell you about the first time that this happened uh so the first time that i got a call from Lindsay, what had happened was it was like 10 at night uh, and i was in honolulu and i i had just wound down from like I don't know, the weekend. It was probably a Sunday because I feel like I was still up late. But at the time I was working late. Anyways, I digress. Uh, so I get this call on Skype. Uh, I think it was Skype uh, from Lindsay. And I'm like, oh, Lindsay, I haven't talked to Lindsay since she came out here. I wonder what's up. So, of course, I answered. Uh, and Lindsay's like, hey, Peter. And I'm like, oh, hey, Lindsay. Playing it cool because at this point you still weren't a human. That happened <laughs> very soon. Uh, I was like, oh, hey, Lindsay, what, what's up? And she's like, hey, uh, I think I left the gas on my stove on, but I'm not sure. And I have a headache and I have to get the script done like immediately. And I'm just sitting here like, oh God, is Lindsay about to die on the phone? (laughs) Uh, Okay, Lindsay. So first and foremost, did you turn the gas off? And she's like, uh, I think I was like, check, check that first. And so you went and you checked and like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's off. I'm like, okay, great. Now open all of your windows. Uh, and then go ahead and send that script to me. And so you sent the script to me eventually. Um, and you didn't die. And so I did some edits. Uh, what and script I was them, it? Uh, let me, I can actually find that out. Uh, okay. We'll use the magic of. The magic of the internet. The magic of podcast editing. Uh, <laughs> so I did do a quick statistical check the other day though, cause I thought that this might come up. I've edited 15 scripts for you. Oh my gosh. Right? Uh, so That's awesome. Doc. So if you don't know this, I research and write the material for Sexplanations, the YouTube channel. It's not free form 
off the top of my head, eloquent Lindsay, as you can probably tell from listening to this explanations podcast. And so I will write around 900 to 1200 words, which was a good suggestion from Hank Green when he was getting me started. And those are often done as Google Docs, which I can share with multiple people at a time. And so I'm trying to think of the the sexual racism video that I did probably went out to the largest group of people. And then there was also one on signs of sexual abuse that also went out to a ton of resources because I think it's really important to have multiple voices weighing in on the conversation and telling me if I am doing something wrong And you've been one of those people for me many times. Okay, so what was the first one? Okay, so the the first one I edited for you was April-ish, 2014. So this is before we did the big VidCon thing. It was Cognitive Dissonance. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. That um, was the... The carbon monoxide That was the carbon monoxide influence one, yeah. So, like, y'all, if you go and watch that episode, see if Lindsay is, like, more or less coherent. See if maybe there's some (laughs) cognitive dissonance between how she acts in that video versus how you expect her to act in all other videos. She may have been high. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Yeah. I'm so grateful for all of that. And you're my friend. Oh, you're my I, I don't consider you a fan. I don't even think I considered you a fan from the get-go. But I also, when I meet people, mm-hmm. I just think that they're other nerd fighters. Mm-hmm. And so we're just part of this group where the circle keeps getting wider and wider and fits in more people. Not Not a ladder system. There's no hierarchy to it. So if you see me out and about, please feel free to say hi. I am a human being. Ish, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if if anything, I'm slightly alien. So Peter and I became friends, and you talked to me, Mm -hmm. and now we Skype fairly often. Mm -hmm. We also do WhatsApp because you're in Canada now. True, true. And uh, you came out to visit me recently, but you've also done that before, Mm -hmm. and we would hang out at VidCon. Yeah, we, we have a thing. Yeah, we've got our thing. Um, we, and this is honestly, oh man, so we're, we should be talking at some point about whatever we were supposed to talk about. What was the topic? <laughs> the benefits of sex. That's right, the benefits of sex. Um, yeah, but Lindsay, allow me to get mushy for a second. Yeah, please. I'm in, I'm in grad school right now for library and information studies, and it's almost all Lindsay's fault. Uh, because yeah. when we met in 2013, that was also right around the time when I discovered, and I discovered you because that was also when I had discovered John and Hank. Mm. Um, and so right around that time, I was like watching them religiously. And then one day Hank was like, by the way, I'm uh, doing this new channel called Sexplanation. I was like, oh, cool. Um, and at the time I was a sexual assault victim advocate for the Navy. Um, and so for those of you who don't know, that means that I was like, the person who advocated for victims of sexual assault and rape, who served as a middleman between the system and the victim or the survivor, however you decide to phrase that. Um, and so I was like, oh, great, a channel that like talks about these things that people need to talk about. How cool. And since that was a thing that was very important to me, I ended up watching all of your channel uh, and becoming like a subscriber and like seeing the bigger Complexly brand. But at the time it wasn't complex. We just called it DFTBA, I think. Eco Geek. Eco Geek. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then after that, Lindsay and I, so that that was what got me thinking, oh, there's there's something to this online video as a tool for education thing. Oh, yeah. 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 And so that was like around uh, August, September of 2013. Uh, And then in early to mid-2014, I was like, oh, 
well, I'm, I'm out of the Navy now because I decided I didn't want to be in the Navy anymore. Uh, and I decided to do this big road trip around North America and Europe and meet all of these folks who are doing this really awesome stuff. And Lindsay, being the treasure that she is, like, I swear, if you see her in person, she actually sparkles in the full moonlight. It's, it's magical. Especially uh, if I've been laid recently. Yes, especially, oh, she's been sparkling so, oh, well, anyways, <laughs> um, I digress. Uh, she was like, Peter, you should, because we, and then we spent tons of time at VidCon together. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. And that was when, uh, Almost every minute. Almost every minute, yeah. Um, and that was really great because, you know, Lindsay being the, the wizardess that she was, I guess witch is the term, mm-hmm. like got me behind the scenes. She introduced me to a bunch of people and I was like, this is amazing. And then like a month later... She let me stay at her place for two weeks here in beautiful Missoula, and I got to meet all the folks here at DFTBA. Um, and, like, I interviewed a bunch of them on my old channel, Go Over Banan. Subtle plug, uh, <laughs> which is no longer active. Um, and, yeah, that, that was what eventually got me to decide that I should study library and information sciences so that I can commit my life to figuring out how to make educational video available for everyone for free forever. And now here I am visiting from uh, beautiful British Columbia. In the middle of my grad school. Oh, I love it. I mean, you wrote me a letter once that had the same sentiment, which mm-hmm. is framed on my wall window. I have the frame mm-hmm. of the letter on my window. And um, it said similar things of, hey, here's how you've connected me to this path, which I feel is a benefit of sex. I think so. We have not had sex, but yeah. we... We talk about talk it. about sex yeah. all the time, and mm-hmm. we both care about sex mm-hmm. and sex education mm-hmm. and education at large and information yeah. dissemination. And for those reasons, it has benefited us with a quite lovely relationship. It really has, though. Yeah, and like, you know, without sex, we wouldn't have a relationship. That's true. Because <laughs> like, you wouldn't have started Sexplanations. I would never never met you. You would have never introduced me to Kate McCombs, who is the, or Kate Kenfield, congratulations Kate, mm-hmm. uh, who started um, Sex Geekdom, mm-hmm. uh, which is super, like a huge, mega important part of my life as well. Uh, without sex, clearly I wouldn't have been born. My life would be much more boring. Without sex, you would have not turned me on to Tinder probably the first time that I stayed out here in Missoula. Uh, mm. There are so many benefits to sex. Yeah. Yeah. So many benefits to sex. Yeah. That's great. I I like that our relationship is a benefit of sex. Yeah. Samesies. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let's do a shout out to the people who are are supporting this. Patreon uh, subscribers on patreon.com slash sexplanations podcast. Those of you, specifically Laura Schuster, Paul Nixon, and the Millers, who pledge at the boss level, this question is for you. Now it's time to hold our testes. What? So (laughs) what I'm looking at, Mm -hmm. I just searched sex trivia Mm -hmm. to pull up something to quiz you on. And this is from factretriever.com. I can't vouch for it right now, but I'm just going to say some of these things on here are boggling to me. There's one on here that says at least one in five people use their smartphones during sex. Do you think it's for sexual purposes? Uh, you know, some of those phones got some real strong vibrations. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. in a pinch, set it mm-hmm. silent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That or maybe they're watching porn. Accurate. Or 
There is an app where you can take the phone and set it on a surface that you are having sex upon, and mm. it will rate your sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one in five people, that's a lot. That's that's tons. That's like 20% of the population, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think my... F- I think my phone is so dirty, right? Because I'm touching it all the time and carrying it and it moves with me throughout the day. And sex, I guess, is dirty too. But I want it to yeah, be clean. Say, and honey. if I'm touching my phone and then, ah, mm, germs. Okay, so as long as, well, I guess the takeaway from this is it's fine to use, ladies and gentlemen, listen closely. Here's the advice from a professional, not sex person. <laughs> if you're going to use your mobile device during sex, Wear protection, both on yourself and on your phone. You know, those latex condoms, they stretch real far. And the polyisoprene ones are also fairly stretchy. Um, And in a pinch, you know, saran wrap is great too. Just Mm -hmm. wrap it. Wrap it before you tap it. (sighs) Ah, That was good. Good job, self. uh, Pun. I put a condom on a phone in the episode called More Condoms, where I talk about their multiple uses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It fit right over it. No problem. Yeah. There was a great book. Segue while you look for a question. Uh, There was a great book uh, written by Douglas Adams and a wildlife biologist called Last Chance to See. Um, And they talked about how when they went to China, to the Yangtze River, which in Chinese is the uh, Huanghe, I think it's the Huanghe, uh, by the way, I speak Chinese. They wanted to do some acoustic recordings of the the river dolphins. And what they said to make the microphones waterproof was to wrap them in condoms. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, you just wrap the microphones in condoms and then drop them in the river and you can listen to sonar underwater acoustic things. Pas de problème, as they say in French. Mm, brilliant. Benefits of sex. Mm-hmm. Without sex, we wouldn't have condoms with which we could listen to dolphins underwater, you know? You know. Okay. All right. According to one study, what percentage of people go right to Facebook or Twitter, not the shower, after a romp in the sheets? So I'll give you some options. Okay. A, 15%. Mm-hmm. B, 29%. Mm-hmm. C, 36%. Or D, 41%. Okay, well, it's definitely not 76%. (laughs) It's not 76%. If you Uh, just had to guess a percent, which one would you choose? I would, oh man, I would want to say somewhere between like 15 and 45, which (laughs) pretty well encapsulates that entire range. Uh, You know what? Let's, Let's shoot for the moon. Let's say, what was the one that started with... The 30, the 30-ish. Yeah, 36%. Yeah. Well, because most answers are C, especially when you're making up a multiple choice question on the spot. Yeah, that's why I always have a go-to percentage for the made-up ones. But yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, Who hasn't in their short yet illustrious sexual life gone onto Facebook and been like, hey, y'all, smiley face, Uh, (laughs) and then set your feeling to like smug because like... I may have, I will neither confirm nor deny, but if you look up my Facebook, which is set to private, you can search through all of my history and see all the times that I have done the deed. <laughs> I have uh, touched the t- topiary. Um, this is more than a third of the population. Yeah. Well, is going to Facebook or Twitter right after sex. Lindsay, get with the times. Get on Facebook more often, and then you could be part of that statistic. We need to find this. For, oh, I am sure that I have participated in this. Uh, let's see. It says interesting facts about sex in men's health. Mm-hmm. Year 2016. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 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 That, that, oh, gosh. You know what? The best part of my day is when I get into bed mm-hmm. at night and mm-hmm. then get to have sex. Oh. Uh, the worst part is anywhere from 10 to 2 hours later when the sex is done and I have to get out of bed to go to the bathroom. Mm. I just hate it so much. 10 to 2 hours. You mean 10 minutes to 2 hours later, right? <laughs> Uh, this just in, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, Lindsay Doe is a self-proclaimed time lord and has a strange sense of how things work. <laughs> you heard it first. Uh, did Here. I say 10, to two, 10 minutes? It's because you were thinking of how to drive. You were t- thinking about the sex drive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so 10, 10, 10, no. I thought the driving thing was 9 to 3, 9, uh, um, 9 and 3, 3 and 9, whatever. Whatever, it's fine. Maybe this is why you're a sexologist and not a driving ed person. Exactly. Exactly. I hate going to the bathroom after sex. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I was in the Navy, fun story, uh, I, so I was learning Chinese in Monterey at the time. And this was like my reckless years. And I had this friend whose name escapes me at the moment. And he would have loved to shout out, I'm sure. But uh, he, he and I were talking about something about sex and how like his favorite moment after sex is getting up and going and taking a piss because it's like for guys anyways and like for women it's the same but biologically but for guys it feels like really cleansing because like you wash out all of the semen and the seminal fluids and stuff like that and like it like burning isn't the right word but like you feel it uh and then you feel it like run clear uh, and then you're like ah that's nice fun aside do you think that it's sperm that the sperm are misnavigated? Do you think that the sperm are trying to navigate their way back into your urethra? From where? When a person assigned male at birth mm-hmm. ejaculates semen, mm-hmm. 97 to 98% of it comes out, is mm-hmm. what I am told statistically. And there is sperm left in what is still there. Mm-hmm. So do you think that those sperm are trying to swim into the urethra. Swim through the mucous membrane of your own body. Uh, no, no, because, well, I mean, first of all, there's the whole idea of intention. Sperm, like, are machines, basically, and so they do whatever they want. But I think, honestly, sperm, because uh, they're already in the urethra at that point. Why would they be trying to swim back into the urethra? Well, they're very smart, let me take that back. They're not very smart, but what I'm told is that if you put an egg and a sperm and sperm, mm-hmm. multiple ones, in a dish under a microscope mm-hmm. and you swirl the sperm around, mm-hmm. they will redirect themselves to go toward the egg. But not all of them do this. Mm. Some of them just go wishy-washy and don't make any sense. And so I'm wondering if those sperm are irritating your urethra. Oh, uh, no. I think it's not that that irritates. It's the the change from like a very basic, uh, or is it slightly acidic? I don't remember. Urine? Um, no, the, the, the seminal fluids. I think it's slightly basic because it helps so. deal with the acidic nature yeah. of the uterus and the vagina. Um, I think it's having that sudden contrast between a slightly basic environment to a whatever urine is. And we can Google that, but... I, I think, think it's the neutron contrast. is neutral. Neutral. It might be neutral. So it might just be that shift. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
But I don't think it's the the semen trying to get back. I mean, I if I were a sperm and I did not make it into a womb, I would have super big buyer's remorse and I would have been like, I should have caught the next train. And I'd try to swim right back up that channel into my cozy little testicle. But not being a sperm, Whoa. this is not an option for me. But that door closes. Especially when you pee after sex. Everyone mm-hmm. ought to pee after sex. It's true. It's true. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Flesh that literal shit out if you need mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pee that I got nothing. I'll think of some puns. Something <laughs> about gametes. I mean, that is the reason why someone assigned female at birth should pee after sex is because if you get any sort of E. coli from mm. the anus being so close to the vagina mm-hmm. into the metus, which is the urethral opening, mm-hmm. then you have a very high likelihood of urinary tract infection. Uh, and UTIs are literally the worst. Which is not a benefit of sex. No, that is a opposite of benefit of sex. A disadvantage, a... Low a negative consequence a negative consequence of sex. So yeah, p p y'all p. Let's play the episode of Sexplanations YouTube channel where we talk about the benefits of sex. Okay, just do a little run through of all of the things that are out there. Cool. We admire, and we'll keep going. We'll keep adding to the list. Okay. Let's look at some of the benefits to having sex. Here they are in alphabetical order. Boost the immune system, burn calories, communicate messages. Connect partners, cut the risk of a fatal heart attack in half and decrease cancer risk. Diminish depression, elevate mood and elicit pleasure. Energize, enhance skin complexion and entertain. Expose vulnerabilities, express attraction, foster desire. Free inhibitions, heighten senses, improve sleep. Increase blood flow, lessen cramps, lower blood pressure. Minimize incontinence, postpone worry, Prolong life, raise self-esteem, reduce stress, refocus your attention. Regulate menstruation, relax the body and mind, and release tension. Relieves pain, shows affection, slows signs of aging. Speed up the healing process, stall tooth decay. Technically not a sexual benefit, more of a seminal benefit. Stoke passion, strengthen bones, support intimacy. That's funny, they're all in alphabetical order. Good job, me. Good job, you. Uh, I just noticed when watching it that Nick, who did all the text for it, made relax the only cap-locked word. <laughs> relax! Well, now we know where Nick's priorities were at the time, which is relax. totally reasonable. That's a good list of benefits, though. Yeah? Um, yeah. And, like, so you think about uh, the, I think, Surgeon General of the United States. My sense of who in which country gives whatever recommendations is so warped now that I live in Canada. But I think the Surgeon General or like the American Heart Association says that you should get three to five good goes of mild to moderate exercise every week. I think it's five. Uh, It's a stat that we throw out at the Wellness Center at UBC. Shout out to Amanda Unruh, my favorite sex person ever, except for Lindsay and Kate. (laughs) You are all great people. Um, (laughs) But like, so even though sex doesn't really get the heart rate up a lot, like people always think, oh man, I'm going to go so hard. Like unless you really go like full bore, uh, it still gets you up to like between 100 and like 110 to 130, which is like taking a brisk walk. And so if you go at it five times a week, boom, there's your cardio. There's your mild to moderate exercise. Depending on how long you go for and also how mm-hmm. boars have sex. This is true. Oh, no, no, not not have sex with a boar, but like like a drill. Uh, it's a drill metaphor, like a, like a, ooh, yeah, like a big old, 
bore. <laughs> like a drill's bore. Like, I don't know where this metaphor is going. <laughs> I love your hand motions right now and wish everyone could see them. Um, but yeah, and a lot of the benefits from sex derived from that, that 250 or however many minutes that comes out to be of mild to moderate exercise per week. Um, that's where the stress relief, uh, stress relief comes from. That's where the heart healthiness comes from. Uh, all that jazz. So mm. science, y'all. What a drug. So good. Yeah. I love sex so much. Sex is pretty cool. I'm a fan. I do wonder, though, if there's going to be a time where we don't want to have it anymore because of disease, infection, Mm. messiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But I feel like the benefits, at least for now and at least within certain cultures and certain populations, the benefits will always outweigh – not always. Always is a commitment that I'm not willing to make. uh, But for a long time will outweigh the disadvantages. My personal favorite sex uh, benefit is, and you know, this just goes to who I am as a person, is like when you have sex with a person, like that that big old wash of uh, oxytocin that you get where you're just like, I have no filter <laughs> and I'm going to express my feelings and touch your body and touch my body at the same time. And you build like, you build up that intimacy like, oh God, I love that so much because it's such a great way to get to know a person. That's because you're having great sex. I think for a lot of people, the benefits don't outweigh the the barriers or the, the negative consequences. This is true. There is pregnancy, potentially, and mm-hmm. there is transmission of infections, and there is pain mm-hmm. and lack of intimacy. Like mm-hmm. the person just gets on, on them and fucks. That doesn't Finger sound guns. pleasant. Well, when you put it like that, no. You're having good sex. That's why. Well, I it's try to have good sex. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Go us. Air yeah. five. <laughs> that was us high-fiving in the air. Ah, the wonders of radio. Um, <laughs> well, what's what's some of your favorite benefits of sex? What, what does it for you? Mm, I feel cleaned out. As a receptive partner in a lot of the acts, I feel like someone is going and, like, cleaning me out. They're just, like, digging around and removing anything that doesn't need to be there. (laughs) It's like, you know, you're not supposed to use Q-tips, but I I have a sexual relationship with Q-tips. After a shower, I want them in my ear, Mm -hmm. and they feel so good, and Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm getting something that I don't want to be there out. And that is how sex feels for me. Friendly reminder, Dr. Doe is a doctor of sexology. (laughs) No, I'm just playing. I do the same thing. Uh, TBH, y'all. Oh, it feels so good. And I shouldn't say that. If you're a child, don't do this, especially if your parents tell you not to do this. But like cleaning the ear ear canals out with Q-tips, oof. Yeah. Delightful. Okay. Well, that is how it feels for me to be a receptive partner. I also really like the pressure of Mm. someone being on top of me. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're Mm -hmm. staying at my house, that I recently got a cat. And whenever we sit down on the couch, the cat just moseys on over and finds itself a lap. Mm -hmm. And that that gentle pressure of a a warm body is just, oh, that's nice. And then you you have that body naked or hairy Mm -hmm. or smooth or however you want it. Mm, 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 mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's beneficial. Yeah. I dig. Uh, Cool. I like those as well, except for the cleaned out part. Like, so this is where I guess I regret nothing if my family ever listens to this. And you know what? That's fine. Uh, But the butt stuff, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the butt stuff, y'all. So 
You don't feel cleaned out? I don't feel cleaned out. Um, but I also have like certain hangups about the butt stuff um, because like there's there's a certain interesting thing that goes on in culture of in the sex culture that exists wherein anal sex is a thing. And it's that many different people have many different standards of how you get to the point where you have anal sex. Uh, and that can range from, oh, the mood strikes. I also strike to, honey, you better you better clean that out. You're gonna rinse that sphincter Shit and rectum out. for like two hours. And if anything brown comes out, you're gonna be a hot wreck. And we're gonna throw you right into the fire. Not literally a fire, mm-hmm. but like having that big discrepancy or not discrepancy, but like that big range range of how people feel uh, anal sex can be approached kind of makes it like really complicated to like pursue and like get gratification from. So, oh, you know, sir, condoms. Yeah, that's that's my feeling. I think condoms are very important, not just for STI, but also for general cleanliness. And it makes cleanup so much easier no matter what kind of sex you're having. Um, so, yeah, shout out to condoms, my my OTP. Yeah, they make a lot of things easier and, and harder, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're not wrong. <laughs> um, I, gosh, what do I think about that? I don't feel cleaned out during anal sex. Mm-hmm. I haven't had it in a really long time. Mm-hmm. I used to do it a lot uh, in my teens and early 20s. Mm-hmm. But I am less, less, less of an itch scratched. You said but. I just want the record <laughs> to state that Lindsay said but. Okay. But. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a different sensation. I mean, granted, I guess I can also be penetrated in the face place, but like anal sex has a very different lure than regular sex, uh, than the sex where I'm the partner who's penetrating. And I like both of them. But yeah, I would never think of it as being cleaned out as a as a sensation that I would get from that. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. It's a benefit for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a benefit for everyone. Take what you want and leave the rest. Yes. I've heard you say that so many times. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking about uh, this one time. I think I had had anal sex. I was in high school. And the it's not Santorum. Santorum refers to what? Smegma. No. Isn't it? No. It's the combination of... Um, Semen and something else. Because it's named after uh, Rick Richard. Rick Santorum, yeah, who was that piece of work. not very nice to queer individuals. Mm-hmm. And so Dan Savage requested a, re, a redefining. A rechristening. Uh, yeah, of Santorum. And it's, it's the frothy mixture of something and something. Anyway, so if you have unprotected anal sex, this is mm, benefits. Unprotected anal sex, then the semen goes into the rectum and it makes this kind of like um, spider web goo thing mm-hmm. with any little like fecal matter. Mm-hmm. And that little pod comes out afterward. Oh, interesting. You you basically make a little like semen nugget. <laughs> How repulsed are you now? You know what, Lindsay? On second thought, maybe let's not go to McDonald's after this. <laughs> Never. Now I, I neither want a Frosty nor chicken nuggets. You have no. ruined me. You have ruined well, me. Well, but I want to I tell you, though. Okay, so. Okay, tell me. That, that's unappetizing. But what's so amazing is that I don't know if this happened or how mm. it happened, but supposedly fecal matter got onto the sheets after this 
episode. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend at the time was so sweet. He just took the sheets off the bed and went and washed them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know that lying was so awesome, but he pretended like it was menstrual fluid and it was no big deal because he didn't want me to think that I had shit the bed. Mm -hmm. And that's very sweet. Well, I mean, it is sweet, but also I think at that time I was like, yeah, like that happened. It's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's one of the things, uh, which kind of goes back to that whole oxytocin spike is like, you know, the barriers come down, the filter comes off and like people are more willing to be understanding of each other in that moment. Like I remember the first time that I had sex with a partner who was menstruating, she was so like, she had forgotten that she was menstruating or whatever. I don't know. And so we were having sex and then like I pulled out and I'm like, oh, you're, you're bleeding. And she got so distraught. And I was like, why are you distraught? This is like a natural human function of your body. It right. does that. It's fine. Right. And she was like, oh, oh. And then we had banging sex. Yeah. Uh, because like now she was no longer like freaking out about this. And I was still my like 22 year old hormone raging sailor boy uh, who just like got super brownie points with his partner. Um, but yeah, like I don't... Your body made it. It came out of your body. What's the big deal, y'all? Like, as long as you wash up afterwards. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're welcome for letting you stick your dick in my ass. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Go wash the sheets. That's mm -hmm. part of the deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. I think that that intimacy you refer to as a benefit mm -hmm. is always happening with me. That maybe a benefit of sex is that I am turned on all the time mm -hmm. and I am always in that say what I need to say kind of mode. Could be. Good benefits of sex. Good benefits of sex. What? Okay, are... now we have one more. Well, you want to do the kegels? Ooh, yeah. Mames, please. Do you pronounce it kegels or kegels? I pronounce it in the proper Spanish way. Kegel. No, I'm just playing, y'all. That's uh, to my Spanish uh, listeners, to Lindsay's Spanish listeners, uh, lo siento mucho para decir eso. Yo sé que ese no es forma de pronunciación de Kegels en español, entonces lo siento. Uh, es todo la falta de Lindsay. In Chinese, please. Uh, 我不会说用中文，我刚才说的东西，因为我还没想到怎么说Kegels用中文来说。so Kegels, you pronounce it Kegels. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean... The debate is going on. You could you could say, because uh, there's... It would be Kegao. 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 In Chinese? Yeah. Because there's no key. There's no key sound. There's no character that sounds like... At least in Mandarin. Let me or rephrase that. There's no key sound in Mandarin. There's K and there's Ka. You could say, and there's no K. Uh, but what you, would the you don't think there would be a completely different word? Well, so if you wanted to actually say the word kegels in Chinese, like according to what it means, which is mm -hmm. what often happens, it mm -hmm. would be like squeeze crotch muscle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to say squeeze or crotch or muscle. <laughs> <laughs> no, muscle is like row, but that's like meat. Or you could say, oh, no, because kegels, what kegels do, uh, you use them to stop peeing. So you could say... Uh, Ting yao dong, which is stop pee movement. <laughs> hey y'all, so explanations got multilingual. <laughs> this is what I was talking about when I said I'm Polly. I swear, I J K lol. Sex with lots of people. Anyways, so kegels, how about them? Mmm, mm, my waffles. Mmm. Okay, well let's do them. 
We have already talked to Kenton, who makes the Funkit toys, but I think we should just do another shout out to him and his product because you know Kenton. You're a I friend do of know Kenton's, Kenton. And you have seen Kenton's toys and maybe even played with them. So yeah. while we're talking about them for this brief little term here, mm-hmm. I'm going to snap my fingers. And every time you hear a snap, clench your PCs. And then when you hear another one, relax them and then clench them and then relax them. You mean I haven't? supposed to have been doing Kegels this entire podcast. No, you're like everyone who is here who knows anything <laughs> about anything. We start talking about them and you're already on it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's keep just keep going, right? Okay. Just keep going like that. All right. So tell me what you think about Kenton's toys. I think that Kenton first of all, let me tell you a thing about Kenton. Uh Kenton and I have similar problems when it comes to puns. Uh Kenton mm-hmm. is a treasure. Uh, it's worth stating insofar as he created a Facebook group called Punalinguist or Punalingus mm-hmm. because, you know, sex puns are the best. Um, so that's just like a statement of my support for his character. Kenton is a very great human being and I love him dearly. As for his toys, so Funkit Toys, a thing I like about Funkit Toys, first of all, if you buy them, you are supporting one of my friends, which is very important <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, that's also good. Um, a second thing that I really like is being friends with him on Facebook. I get to see him go through all of his struggles like as an independent business person in the United States, uh, dealing with things like merchandising and inventory and like uh, manufacturing um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter, yeah, yeah. So, like, he does Kickstarters, uh, and I get to see the process of him making toys. And so I know that when he makes them, he does it with love. Uh, and he does it. He and does. He, has, he really, really does. Yeah, and he has very exacting standards. Um, like, the other day, he just posted a picture that he was finally, for the first time, able to upgrade his, um, his medical-grade silicone storage. Like, how cool is that, y'all? That's super cool. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've got to play with a few of his toys. Um, not in the sexy, put-into-me way. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, he had them at the the Sexy Retreat that we did at VidCon a couple mm-hmm. years back. Um, yeah, and they're great. Like, yeah. I want to buy one. At some point, I will, although he owes me money, so I'll just be like, Kenton, <laughs> send me a big old dick. <laughs> Maybe not like that. <laughs> but, no, I, I have nothing but praise for Kenton as a person and as a manufacturer of sex toys because he cares. He and does. he does his research. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Can I release that last Kegel yet? I lost count. Yeah, same Z's. <sighs> yeah, but if you if I left you on a clinch rather than a release, then by all means, release. Done and done. Just don't pee. <sighs> You're so exacting, so demanding. <laughs> you know what I want to ask of you now? Yeah, tell me. To come up with some homework for our listeners. A little homework so you don't forget it. Here's Dr. Dose's extra credit. All right, homework for... Extra credit. Extra credit. Okay, so what do I think would benefit the listeners of the Sexplanations podcast? Well, so we talked about one of the benefits that I find for sex is that mm, oxytocin-flooded brain moment after sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, my challenge to you, dear listener, is to find a group of friends with whom you have not talked frankly about sex with before and invite them to coffee or a meal or a game night or whatever and talk about sex. Talk about what you like and what you don't like and see if you can kind of normalize the idea that it's okay to talk about sex 
outside of sex spaces. You know, as somebody with a history of victim of victim advocacy, I happen to think that that would be a very big thing that would contribute to the reduction that exists or to the reduction of sexual assault is people being familiar with using the language of sex outside of sex spaces so that when they feel that they want to say no or they feel that they just got told no, they're okay with that. So yeah, my my homework for you is to talk about sex outside of a sexual context and try and get comfortable with that. And since I'm a good teacher, I will not send you into the wild without uh, a little bit of support doing that. So if you're trying to find a space where you can talk about sex in a non-sex space where with a bunch of other people who are really excited about it, go check out Sex Geekdom, www.sexgeekdom.com or Twitter at Sex Geekdom because there's tons of us. We exist everywhere. We are legion. Uh, Mm. And we're here to uh, help have those conversations so that when it comes to the point of actually doing the deed, you do it well and you do it with respect for everyone involved. That's beautiful. I thought you were going to tell them to go to a library. Oh, also go to a library. And if you need if you need a space to talk about sex, go to a library. Uh, they'll have conference rooms. They'll have quiet spaces. Maybe don't talk to the librarians about sex uh, because keep in mind that they're there to do a job. And given that the librarian profession is like 80% women, the last thing they probably want in their life is to talk to a stranger about sex. Um, mm. But... You never know, you know, every conversation that you have that comes from a place of respect, as long as you respect their wishes, is a good conversation to have. Yeah. I mean, you could ask them where the sexual health resources are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go to a library. You can ask where the books on sex are. Uh, you can, if you go to VPL, which is Vancouver Public Library, I know that they know where they are. Uh, this summer, they had this great exhibit of like... How to Spend Time Over the Summer. I took a picture of it. It's on my Instagram somewhere. And it was just books about sex. Just smack dab right when you get to the second floor from the escalator. This big, like, multi-table arrangement of, like, how to have great sex and, like, you know, sex for single parents and sex for, like, pregnant people and just, like, sex, sex, sex. It was delightful. I felt so good seeing it. How can we do that at all the libraries and all the land? Well, so let me tell you a thing. Um, The ALA, which is the American Library Association, actually, they don't require because they can't require things of people except for accreditation. Um, But they have, as one of their mandates to libraries, they have a thing that says libraries as institutions of learning are tasked with supporting the learning activities around sexual health for everyone, but especially youth. And so libraries should go out of their way to promote that kind of knowledge acquisition uh, in their communities, Um, which is like super important because you know that when you go to like public schools or schools in general, which is one of the reasons I adore you, Mm -hmm. uh, you don't get high quality sex ed a lot of times. You aren't allowed to have those frank discussions of sex because it's taboo or it's super big air quotes inappropriate. And so libraries are in a really unique, great place to pick up the slack in that. So, yeah, go to your libraries. Ask about sex. Just be respectful of people's boundaries. That's all. Well, then for my sex credit, because I talk to people about sex all the time in non-sexual spaces, Mm -hmm. is to see if I can get the Missoula Public Library to do a sex book exhibit. That would be so cool. And they'd probably be on board. You know, Um, the person we talked to next to Acton. Oh, hey, y'all. Double extra credit. Not really, but this is a thing. So if you've been watching Sex Explanations for a while, you saw the episode with Acton uh, talking about trans stuff way back in the beginning. I met Acton for the first time. It was so great. 
great. Ooh, ooh, he makes lamps. Ooh. Um, but anyways, uh, he was sharing booth space here in Missoula with a wonderful, wonderful person uh, who serves on the board of directors of the Missoula Public Library. Oh, I didn't realize that. And so maybe you can reach out to her and be like, hey, how can I make this happen? She also has her MLIS, uh, her Master's of Library and Information Science, from UW, University of Washington. So. Okay. We, I have a plan. You I got have this. an assignment. Yeah, save the world. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Moaning, another benefit of sex. Yeah. Well, Peter, you're so incredibly awesome. You already oh, know that. Um, so incredibly awesome. But bonus points for coming on to the podcast and co-hosting with me. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I was really excited to uh, obviously come out here and spend time with you, but then also get to contribute in some small way to the greatness that is Sexplanations. Mm, you have. I, you have indeed contributed in many, many ways, including late night conversations, editing support, and you know, general friendship. It's true. <sighs> I like you. I like you back. Good. We're, we're actually exists. touching each other's knees right now. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, why are you getting so... No, I'm just playing y'all. We're sitting across <laughs> from each other. Eight feet from each other. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you. And um, thank you to Complexly for production and Cinema Studios, Callie for editing all of this together into something cohesive, and Count Boogie for the jingles, and Cora and Parle. I'm still learning. Stay curious. (laughs) 